As many of you know, for Lent, each year we do a homily series on topics relevant to the big questions in life. This is the third homily in the series, and I'm drawing upon the book and the video series, The Search, by Chris Stefanik. As several of you today are receiving the Sacrament of Confirmation, I pray that today's message will help you confirm your own choice to live out your faith in God day by day for the rest of your lives. So let us continue our, our homily series with, is it reasonable to believe in God? It's something that all of us run into and our young people are gonna run into day in and day out as we live in a, more and more of a secular society. Is it reasonable to believe in God? Sitting here today, of course we, you know, yes, you know, but when we are out there, that question comes, is it reasonable to believe in God? One of the most consoling passages in scriptures that I have prayed with through the years is today's responsorial psalm from Psalm 91. Because he clings to me in love, I will deliver him. I will be with him in distress. I will deliver him and glorify him. I remember praying this psalm often in seminary as I was discerning if God was calling me to be one of his priests. Many times I found myself clinging to God, calling upon him, as I searched for my place in this world and my purpose in this life. I went right to the source of life itself for my answers. I went to God and frequently. Studying the history of human civilization up and down the centuries, which is the required reading for any seminarian, I soon learned I was not alone in turning to God. Go to all the cultures of every human civilization. In all of them, people have one thing in common. They have looked to God to make sense of this world and their place in it. From ancient Rome and Greece, to biblical Israel, from the islands of Hawaii, to the remotest parts of untouched jungles today, you find the same. The fact that every culture and every part of the world since the dawn of human civilization has believed in God, what does this say about the reasonableness for humans to believe in God? Or is it more reasonable to conclude that every human civilization before us has somehow gotten it wrong, as is suspected by some moderns today. Despite the fact that human beings have been religious throughout history, there is this notion today, in the 20th century, now in the 21st century, that God is no longer necessary, religion is a thing of the past, and faith is more than a little silly. For instance, we see many millennials living this life today. And many of them are raising their children, the Gen, the Gen Zers, in this new tradition of the modern time. Still, one of the most common questions then we ask as moderns is, is it reasonable to believe in God? Well, Long before Christianity, the great philosophers of the ancient world held that it is reasonable to believe in God. They demonstrated through the use of reason alone that God exists. 
Christians up and down the centuries have always seen the belief in God as reasonable. One reason is because they have seen the fingerprints of God upon all of creation. Nevertheless, for the first time in human history, we live among a certain population of people who say, if I can't observe God through my human senses, then God doesn't exist. God must be looking down from his place in heaven saying, did you not notice me in everything? I think most people, they want to believe in God and want a relationship with God that can provide us with the answers to our most fundamental questions and our search for meaning in this life. But some people today hold back from that hope because they view religion as anti-reasonable. That is anti-science and anti-intellectual. What a myth. One only need travel to the beautiful mountains of Arizona desert to dispel this myth and find something quite unexpected. A modern observatory fully equipped to explore the universe, owned and operated by none other than the Roman Catholic Church. The Vatican has its own astronomical observatory on Mount Graham in Arizona. The Vatican Observatory was first founded in the 1580s by Pope Gregory in Rome in order to fix the old Julian calendar which didn't have the length of the year right. Since that time, the world now follows the Gregorian calendar. In fact, for centuries, the Vatican had observatory towers all over Rome and within the walls of Vatican City until light pollution from the modern city of Rome caused the Vatican to search for a more suitable place to do astronomical science. The Vatican Observatory in Arizona is staffed by competent, hardworking, regular scientists who also happen to be priests and religious brothers and sisters, living in community and doing science on behalf of the church. This observatory is one among many of the church's participative calling cards in the world of astronomy. Some of the priests and religious who work at the Vatican Observatory focus on galaxies and the evolution of galaxies. Some focus on stars, the life cycle of stars. Some focus on planets inside and outside of our solar system. Quite apart from there being any sort of conflict of science and faith, the presence of such scientific institutes, such as the Vatican Observatory, shows the long-standing complementarity between the church and science. If being a person of faith who adheres to a religious way of life, not just that nebulous word spiritual way of life, but a religious way of life, is somehow unreasonable, silly, outdated, whatever, anti-intellectual, anti-science, then someone should tell George Lemaitre, who came up with what's now called the Big Bang Theory, or Roger Bacon, who's the grandfather of the scientific method. They were both Catholic priests. 
If living according to one's Christian faith and orienting one's entire purpose and profession around one's religious identity is anti-science and anti-reason, then someone desperately needs to tell Father Nicholas Copernicus, who came before Galileo and is the pioneer of heliocentrism, which is that the earth rotates around the sun. Or Father Jean Baptiste Lamarck, who prefigured and laid the foundations for the theory of evolution. Back then it was called Lamarckism. Or Father Gregor, Gregor Mendel, the pioneer of modern genetics. Or Father Angelo Secchi, the father of stellar spectroscopy. His work allowed for astronomers to actually see the stars through telescopes. All these pre-scientists rightly understood the fact that religion gave birth to the modern sciences. This is historical fact. Precisely because faith gave people up and down the ages the worldview that the created universe we find ourselves in inherently makes sense. It has order to it. And we can use reason to understand it. Science is the work of observing the order of the created universe and created life. Furthermore, science requires faith in order for science to do its work. A scientist cannot do science unless he or she starts with faith. That is, starts with certain presuppositions. Like the universe itself is stable, reasonable, orderly, and intelligible. The more scientists and people of faith learn about the universe, the more it shouts to us about the existence of God. Follow this. If you see a bunch of dominoes tumbling down in order, you know it had a start somewhere. It had a cause which produced multiple effects. Reasonable. Well, our belief in God starts at the beginning. Go back to 13.7 billion years ago, to the beginning of the universe. Father George Lemaitre, the priest, scientist, and founder of the Big Bang Theory, tells us that the universe begins with nothing. Not just no stars, but no time, no space, nothing. Everything that is contained in the universe started at the beginning from nothing. Well, logically, reasonably, nothing produces nothing. So something, or should we say someone, who is not part of time, not part of space, not part of creation, was the start of created time and space. The cause that produced every other cause and effect. What cause would be sufficient to cause all other causes and effects? That cause, which is superior to all causes, and so also all effects, is what philosophers, theologians, scientists, and your everyday believer calls God. Seeing the universe and completely, that is through both lenses, 
reason, and faith, we can easily reconcile, reconcile the origin stories of the Judeo-Christian biblical creation found in the book of Genesis and the Big Bang creation story. The Big Bang is a scientific theory which tells us the causal story about how the universe moved from an earlier state to a later state, showing a series of causes and effects and how living matter in all of its forms developed and moved across time and space all the way up to today. The biblical creation concentrates more on the who. Who caused and created the universe and all life within it? And why? Why God created the universe and human life? Thus one creation origin story deals with the how and the what, the Big Bang, and the other creation or origin story deals with the who and the why. These two origin stories are not contradictory, but complementary. Religion and reason, science and faith are not enemies, as is the modern narrative in all of our public schools. As long as both are searching for truth, that's the key. Both must be authentically searching for the truth. However, in order to search for the truth, we must be willing to use all the tools that God has given to us at our disposal. Not just our minds, reason, but also not just revelation, the truth that God gives us directly from the sacred scriptures. We must be willing to fully embrace revelation and reason. However, in our ever-increasing secular age, as a portion of humanity experiences what Pope Benedict called a collective spiritual amnesia, this group has closed themselves to the truth that God has provided us through revelation and handed on to us then from age to age through religion. Unfortunately, when people close themselves to half of the truth, they open themselves up to the fullness of the lie. Therefore, not only have modern secularists forgotten revelation and the value of religion, much of these same persons have never learned the value of science and reason. From this place of deficit, in fact, a cultural phenomena has arisen in the modern age. It's called scientism. Scientism. Scientism pretends to be authentic science. It is not. Scientism is the lie that one can arrive at the fullness of truth only by studying things using the scientific method. And of course, the irony is that it was developed by a priest. <laughs> Whatever fits nicely into that little tiny category of the scientific method is true, and the rest it can't really be known, so it must not be really true, and it is summarily dismissed. We can only know life through the experiences of the material world, and never can we suspect that there is more to reality than the material world. What an impoverished view of reality, and what an impoverished view of the human person. 
For those who are here on Ash Wednesday, remember that the Ash Wednesday homily about part of it where we spoke about near-death experiences. This is a prime example of breathing with both lungs, as Pope John Paul II spoke about. Breathing with the lung of faith and the lung of religion, the lung of reason and science. Modern science and medicine have finally caught up with the revelation regarding the reality of life beyond the material world. As thousands of examples from multiple peer-reviewed clinical studies have shown that there is a part of our humanity that lives beyond the death of our material physical bodies. Breathing with both lungs, as the Catholic Church has always tried to do with revelation and reason, is the only way to dialogue with those who have limited themselves to thinking that the material world is all there is to life. Using the scientific method, the evidence from all these recent studies of near-death experiences is reasonable and irrefutable. The human soul exists and lives beyond the death of the human material body. There is another dimension to reality. For people who struggle with the modern question, is it reasonable to believe in God? The problem isn't simply a complete lack of faith in God or the rejection of the possibility that there's something more to human life than we can observe with our senses and know with our intellect. The problem isn't even a denial of the good of faith in something other than oneself and the value of walking in faith through an ordered way of living, which we call religion. If we're honest, another part of the problem is that we tend to be, well, a little lazy and fearful, which produces inertia. We tend not to really want to think about who God is, let alone invest the time and energy necessary to truly, authentically pursue God. We tend to get stuck with all sorts of false notions of God, and we never search for the God who actually revealed himself to us in the scriptures in all of its truth and wonder. Most of the people who have struggled with the belief of God have never actually read the scriptures. I guess in some ways, but this is understandable today. It can be a little scary pursuing someone who doesn't exist in time and space who we cannot control, who knows us more than all the human minds combined across the entire human history, and who knows us better than we know ourselves, and yet he still loves us. It could be a little overwhelming to come to terms with the reality that you were created by God, by the God of the entire universe, and this God has a purpose and a plan for you. It can be hard to accept that without this God, you will never find the true meaning of your existence, why you were created by God, let alone how to live out your life so that you discover and fulfill the purpose of your existence and therefore be happy in this life and be forever happy with God in heaven. And it can be a struggle for some today to embrace the fact that this God has the market on truth. 
Precisely because he is the creator of everything and knows the purpose of everything and therefore knows if a thing is fulfilling its purpose for its existence or not. And that, my friends, is the standard by which we judge the rightness or wrongness of all actions, truth from lie, good from bad. Some people just have a hard time with that. It could be a bit disorienting to discover that no matter all of our personal opinions and preferences, that there's a truth that exists separate from them. And we can actually be wrong when it comes to some of our actions. Or we can actually be expected to live in a certain way separate from the way that we want to live our lives. Now, we're getting at the heart of the truth as to why some of us moderns simply want to dismiss belief in God by stating that it is not reasonable to believe in Him. It's so easy just to make that statement and walk away rather than deal with that laziness and that fear. Let me end with this from Psalm 91, what I began with. Because He clings to me in love, I will deliver him. I will be with him in distress. I will deliver and glorify him. It has been said that the glory of God is man fully alive. God is most glorified when the greatest of his creation, man and woman, is fully alive. Well, we are more fully alive when we are breathing with both lungs that God gave us to discern and live truth. His revelation in our minds. His revelation, our reason. His establishment of religion and the gift of the intellect where we establish science. Both lungs are capable, when working together and authentically searching for truth, of breathing in the fullness of the truth that can set us free as human persons. But each of us must be willing to breathe with both lungs as we search for and live for God in every part of our human lives. And as we discover and live out the truth that God has a purpose and a plan for each one of you. Only with breathing with both lungs. Through each day and, and throughout our entire lives do we have the hope of living out the meaning for which we were created in the material world. But also the hope of living with God forever in the reality of an eternity beyond the material world. For those of us who today are receiving the sacrament of confirmation from the God who created you, and through the medium of his Catholic Church, the question, is it reasonable to believe in God, will be one that will remain with you for the rest of your life, living in a modern world filled with secularists and those who adhere to scientism. It is, is it reasonable to believe in God? My friends, there is nothing more reasonable to believe in in this world than to believe in God. The whole history of humanity attests to the reality that we as humans find it not only absolutely reasonable to believe in God, we find it absolutely essential to the fabric of human society, 
the foundation of human relationships and the identity and mission of every human person in this world. However, it will mean little to you. Little to you, little to you, little to you. And so many other people that you know and love, unless the search for God, the search for God and who you are in God continues in you. Today, tomorrow, when you enter into high school, when you enter into college, when you're looking for a spouse, when you're growing a family, when you're deciding how many hours a week you're going to work in your profession, and so on and so forth, every decision you make. Unless your search for God continues in you, and unless you decide to breathe with both lungs each and every day of your life, searching and living for God through both revelation and religion, and through your own powers to reason and discern the presence of God in all of creation around you. My friends, today you're about to be confirmed in the faith that has been handed on to you through the religion of the Roman Catholic Church for centuries. Men and women have lived and died for this faith in their minds and in their hearts. They have known God has existed and every part of their lives has been infused by and colored by and shaped and formed by this faith in God. As we live in this world, we live in a population that doesn't live that culture anymore. And every day you can choose to either swim with that current or swim with the current of your forefathers and mothers in the faith who have always been convinced that it is reasonable to believe in God and absolutely essential to your human life, your human relationships, your identity and your destiny. Today, God seals you in a sacrament to confirm that faith that you have received. But today also, when you say your I do, you confirm the faith that has been handed on to you and you decide to live the faith that others have given to you. Live it well.